Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of Franchise Euphoria, I've got Charles Bonfiglio, who's the president and CEO of Tint World, an award-winning franchised provider of automotive, residential, commercial, and marine window tinting and security film services. With automotive styling centers in the U.S. and abroad, each location houses profit centers ranging from in-store accessory installations to off-site sales and installation of residential, commercial, and marine window tinting and security films. This was a fascinating interview with Charles, who has lived the life of franchisee for many, many years and then turned into a franchisor of Tint World. And I think you'll find he brings so many of his experiences in the franchise space and his passion for the automotive service space to this franchise system. So hope you enjoy this interview with Charles. Hello, Charles. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing? Hi, Josh. Good to be here. Well, I'm excited to interview you. You are the president and CEO of, of Tint World, which obviously works in in part the automotive industry. But I think um, you know at the outset of this of this interview, can you just take maybe a second and tell us a little bit about Tint World and what it does as a franchise system? Uh, well, Tint World, um, it's uh, the majority of our business is focused around automotive aftermarket accessories and appearance styling. And uh, I, it, it had been adapted to residential and commercial window films and graphics, uh, as well as marine services. And we pretty much do almost everything for a, a boat that we do for a car, less the wheels, of course. So how'd you get into this? Oh, that's a story I can tell you. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> uh, you know, as a teenager, I really loved cars. I was an enthusiast and I started to uh, install my own car stereos. And I came down to Florida with the intention of opening up a car stereo shop. And after being down here for a short time, I felt, you know, I was about 20 years old. I was interviewing uh, landlords to find a place. I went to the bank. I was interviewing them to get loans. And I seemed like I was getting a dead end. They didn't feel like, number one, you say car stereo shop to someone and they don't really understand that that's a real business. You know, that's just a hobby um, or an accessory shop. Uh, where they felt that if you were in the auto repair industry or the tire industry, that was perfectly acceptable. So as after I was down here for uh, a few months trying to really get some traction, I found out that it wasn't really well accepted. After being down here for a couple of months, I spoke to some family that actually opened up a franchise. Uh, it was called Meineke Discount Mufflers. And this is in the early 80s. I was like, mufflers? What's that? And they said, well, yeah, we just opened up one in New Jersey and we're doing really well. It's been about a year now. And two brothers that are cousins of mine, they told me you should check it out. They were doing really well. They opened up their second store. So I said, well, I really don't, I don't know if I want to do that. I really want to do what I want to do. But he says, you know what? Why don't you call the development manager over at the franchise and see if, you know, maybe it's interesting to you. And I just felt it didn't hurt to try. So I filled out the application and 
couple of weeks later, I got a letter back saying I was approved to be a franchisee. And I still wasn't sure whether I wanted to be. It was nice to be accepted. I wasn't sure. And I really didn't know much about franchising. So I started to call the, you know, the landlords that I was speaking to. And I said, you know, I said, I know I told you about this car stereo accessory shop I want to do, but I just got approved for a Meineke franchise. Oh, that's that's a whole different story. We'll we'll get you, we'll build you a built the suit, we'll build you an end cap, we'll give you a long lease. I said, really? They said, yeah, we, we like franchises. That's a good brand we like to have in our, our, our buildings. And I was, I was I was amazed that I was the same person, but now they accepted me. And then I uh, went to the bank, to the same person that I was asking for a loan in the bank that said, no, we don't have anything for you. And when I went- And now they did, right? You know, all of a sudden, you know, welcome open arms. We got an SBA loan. We'll be happy to help you. We'll, we like the old franchises. So that was really my entry of why I uh, went to franchising is just because I saw that the support I was getting before I even owned the franchise was welcoming me with me with uh, open arms. Um, and that's really how I started. And, and lo and behold, I started my first franchise. I think it was 1983. Uh, I opened up my first one. And then a year later, I opened up another one. And I wound up over the years opening up nine. I became uh, one of the leading franchisees of Meineke with the highest gross sales, most amount of stores. Um, after the third or fourth store, I started buying the properties and building my own buildings. Um, so I turned into the real estate. And I really... Um, try to understand how I can exploit and utilize the franchise system to grow in many different ways because the banks were willing to lend me money now and customers were willing to you know come to me because I had a good brand and you know employees wanted to work for a bigger brand so there was a lot of benefits I saw uh, with the franchising so why not leverage it against buying property building my own buildings with my successful businesses and uh, instead of paying rent and keep on going up and up and at the end not having anything but um, no lease. Um, why not buy the property, build my building and pay it off? So at the end, I have it paid off and it's, it's, it's done. And I did that. You know what I love about that? Just not to interrupt you, but what I love about that too is it also, and I'm sure you thought about this, it also protected you on a downside too, that if something were to happen with Meineke, let's say in those locations, or let's say, you know, that just turned out, maybe it was a great location for a number of years. If you own the land, now you still have a secondary asset that you can do something with. Absolutely. I mean, it, there's, there's way more even to that even so, but that's a good point. Um, it was the dual income. So I've realized after the first few years of owning a few stores, the rent every couple of years went up, you know, a few points every year, they have increases. And, you know, the landlords, uh, they you required to do everything. So when I started to buy the properties, I mean, I'd get a 15 year or a 20 year mortgage. And the mortgage uh, was stayed the same the whole time. It was a fixed amount, so it didn't go up for the period, which was good. Uh, secondarily, it got paid off. So when it was paid off, instead of paying the landlord rent or not owning a lease anymore, I would still own the business, and I would be basically collecting rent and still making money from the business. And to take it one step further, I actually would sell the business. And not only would I cash out on sale of the business, but I would also collect rental income from the new uh, tenant that I sold the business to. So it was really a nice way of transferring it. And in addition to that, along the way, when you own the property, you get the depreciated value write-offs for your business for the, the property. You get a lot of different discounts. You get any interest you're paying on the, on the mortgage on the property. You get those write-offs. So there's some tax advantages for business and some estate planning advantages, as well as when you go to cash out, 
I mean, I, I had all these locations when I sold my stores. I, would, I had a huge amount of income coming in because I owned the properties and I was just getting income coming through. So it was a really good experience to be able to, you know, once you are really confident in the franchise that you're building is something that you know you're capable of handling. Yep. Franchising is a little less expensive to do without the real estate, but once you wrap it into the real estate, you can really have something quite amazing and multiply the value of your business uh, for your own personal goals in a big way. So when, when did you sell those stores? Um, well, I, I operated those stores along the way and they sold at different periods. So in the in the late 80s, I sold one or two of them. And you know in the 90s, I sold a couple of them. And I sold the last two stores in 2014 um, after I already had established Tint World as a growing brand, I think I had about 30 or 30 to 40 stores. And I, I just really, my attention really was in Tint World. I was an absentee sort of owner. So I had people running my franchises for Meineke. At the same time, I was developing Tint World, which was a completely different business model. And so it really worked out well for us. Um, and then when I saw that I needed that, I, I wound up selling my last two Meineke locations. Again, of course, I own those properties, so I collect rent on them now. And I just really focus on the Tint World brand. And so I finally got to open up the business that I wanted to when I came down to Florida, which was basically opening up a cost area, window tint and accessory center um, and doing the fun things that I always love to do. I love that. So you started Tint World yourself. And not, not exactly. Um, when I moved out to Florida, I think it was 1983, I moved down. And just a year earlier, the first Tint World was born. And it wasn't by me. It was another person that opened up a window tint shop. And it looked kind of franchisey looking, had a nice little logo with a Tint World, with a car in a world. I thought it was really cool. And actually, I tinted my first car when I came down here at that place. And I always thought it was pretty cool. Thought that he would be a competitor one day because I really was going to go into that industry. And then when I wound up being a you know multi-shop owner for an area developer for Meineke, you know, I just really put it out of my mind. And then as time evolved, I never was satisfied that I wound up being in the auto repair and maintenance industry and not really doing what I came down here for. So um, I decided I wanted to open up this aftermarket accessory business. And I thought about, you know, okay, maybe I'll open up a couple of stores and then I'll think about franchising it. And when it came to be, I, I ran into the guy who owned the, the Tint World store. And at the time, it was about 2006, he owned six stores. Over the years, he built, you know, six stores and they were kind of a little run down. They were very plain. He never really kept up with them, but they still did well. And I still remember that he was very popular in what he did. It wasn't really anything like that. So I ran into him and I said, listen, I'm, I'm interested in buying those locations you have. They're a little run down. I said, but I think I can do a good job. He said, what do you want to do it for? I said, I want to franchise it. He says, wow, that'd be interesting. Maybe I can be part of that. I said, well, it's something I really want to do on my own, but maybe we can work something out where I can give you some stock shares. You sign over the assets. I'll, I'll give you a reprieve on some royalties. And at the very least, I'm going to really improve your business greatly, whether you want to sell them individually. And he liked the idea. And it took about a year to put the deal together. And finally, we did. And once I acquired all the assets and filed all the trademarks and the franchise system, I, I launched in 2007. And uh, we offered our first three franchises out, um, awarded them, and we grew to nine. And then from that point, it just started, you know, growing from there. So how many do you have today? As of today, we have 71 stores. And uh, we also have a couple of stores. We have actually three stores, one open and two under development, or three under development in Canada. So we will have four in Canada. We have uh, stores in the UAE and Dubai. 
and we have another store in Saudi Arabia. Those stores in the Middle East, in those two countries, are master licenses. So they're developing more stores on their own individually from our master license with them. The stores in, in Canada and the U.S., we operate as part of under our umbrella in the North American stores. That's fantastic. First of all, congratulations on that. That's a tremendous amount of success in a relatively short period of time. Thank you. Thank you. Well, nothing's easy, but if you love what you do, it makes it a little bit easier, more endurable. Well, you definitely sound passionate about it. So tell me as if I'm a prospective franchisee or somebody who's considering a, a, a Tint World franchise. I mean, what is it that you're providing for them? Well, like most franchise companies, they provide you with a system. They provide you with a platform uh, that's going to take care of a lot of the heavy lifting, the branding, the marketing, the support, the training, the vendor management from all the different suppliers to negotiate good quality products at discounted prices, you know, business systems and tools, and a recognizable brand where people want to come in. So when you go into business on your own, it's really reinventing everything all over again. And in today's world, the way things change so quickly, even if you spent a lot of money on just the website, I mean, in two or three years, it's pretty much outdated. It's got to continue to be updated. So going it alone is very difficult. And going with a franchise system, you can leverage that franchise system to basically allow you to invest into a proven model follow that system, grow within that system, and do other things like I did, which was basically buy properties around them. And I've built a lot of wealth with a lot of ways that I've done through the franchise system that I wouldn't otherwise been able to do so quickly on my own. So I leverage a franchise system to maximum potential to grow the biggest, broadest way I could in my own personal wealth. But as far as Tint World as a franchise system, I believe it's pretty unique in the way of the way I built it. I saw as a franchise, you know, in a very big system, you know, what they did really, really well, I liked, and I tried to portray that in our franchise system. And what I thought that they could have done better, or they could have, what I would have wanted more, um, I tried to make sure I implement those things. I really wanted transparency with the marketing and advertising fund. I wanted to really know what I was getting and return on investments on lead gen and on customer uh, acquisition. I wanted to really be more involved into the vendor negotiations, making sure that we're getting the best prices and the best quality service and distribution. I wanted to make sure that we have transparency and that we're not just having franchisees doing high sales, but that they're very profitable sales. There's a lot of net profit for them. So those are the kinds of things as a franchisee, I really wanted to improve a little bit more, automate the uh, accounting process the business processes, and really have the franchise focus on the things that they love to do, which is run the day-to-day operations with their staff, their team, their management, and focus on taking care of the customers. Um, Some franchises do more of that than others, and I really made that to be where it was was a, a goal of mine to automate the franchise system as much as possible to make it very easy and enjoyable. Well, tell me, these are brick-and-mortar locations, right? Yes, they're uh, they're brick-and-mortar locations that service probably about 70 to 80% of their business, depending on the store, in the actual store itself. Some of the services they do are for car dealerships. They do some of that work. And they also do residential, commercial, and marine services, you know, which are additional uh, services outside of their actual brick-and-mortar store, and they're on the road. So they have a service vehicle with a branded wrap that they can do outside services as well as the internal services they can do inside the building. We have just recently launched an e-commerce platform that allows each franchisee 
to uh, sell products on the internet. So it opened us up to our warehouse distribution. We'll actually drop ship the products directly to consumers or deliver it to a store so a consumer can buy online and actually have that omni-channel purchase online, ship to store, ship to their home, schedule installation at the store. So um, I believe we're probably the first franchise that I know of that's doing it, specifically in the automotive space. Maybe people that are doing it in the food space, but in the automotive space, I haven't seen it. It's not an easy task, but I've been working on it for a lot of years, and uh, we're, we're just now starting to get some traction to improve uh, sales online as well as in-store. And so do you have it set up to where if somebody goes online and happens to be in one of your franchisees' territory, they get credit for that? Yes, exactly. So when, when someone chooses that franchise location, to as soon as they start shopping, they gotta, they've got to select the franchise, um, and usually they'll select the one closest to them, so it'll, you know, it comes up. No different than it would on Home Depot or Office Depot. Once it's selected, when they go to check out, that actual franchisee is the one who is the selling franchise of that product. And at the checkout, they can option to send that product to the store uh, and schedule installation or pickup. Or they can select it to send it to their home uh, and just buy it like a traditional online process. I love that you do that. It, it always annoys me when franchise and I work with franchisors and franchisees. But when franchisors, you know, you ha- you have a, f- a protected territory as a franchise, but they'll carve out the e-commerce platform, and so anything that sells, even if it's within a lot of a lot of systems, even if it's within their territory, they don't give any credit to the franchisees, or at least you have to try to negotiate that in. So I think you're doing it the right way, the respectable way, um, and the way that makes good sense. Because at the end of the day, they likely have to go in anyways to get the service done, but it's a benefit to you in the long run as well to help the franchisees in those locations. And you know what? I built the franchise system with the franchisee mentality. I've built what I would want. Everything was franchisee-centric. So, yeah, it'd be nice to say that I can have my own key e-commerce store as a franchisor and leverage the franchisee's advertising to build uh, another independent business off off the platform. But I just didn't see that as to be the right way to do it. I know other companies have done that. To me, it's all about pushing all the service, all the sales, all everything right back to the franchisees and giving them leverage with high technology they probably wouldn't be able to get on their own. Uh, and be able to give them these things. Um, again, if I do a really good job, you know, helping create wealth and success for my franchisees, in the end, it will come to me as a franchisor. I never really did it for, it was just about money. The money is a scorecard for me. I've already lived, you know, nine franchises, real estate all over and doing things. It was never about the money to do this. This is about building an awesome system that I um, started to work with Meineke when I was with them. And as they grew, they stopped listening a little bit. And I really wanted to figure out how do I do what I love to do? I like to automate things. I like to improve things. I like to create more systems. And I like to, you know, help other people, other franchisees do what I've done in a lot quicker time. So if it took me 25 to 30 years to get to where I am, I'm building this so they can probably get there to in 10 years or less. Well, I love that because you've got the long game in mind. And I see so often in the franchise world where it's very evident to me that certain franchisors have a short game play, right? How can I make our balance sheet, our books look as good as possible so that somebody can come in and either purchase it uh, or take it over? And usually... You know, I'm not saying that's a bad or good thing, I'm saying, but oftentimes that comes at the expense of the franchisee. Now, speaking of the franchisees, tell me who's your ideal franchisee? Who's somebody who makes a good fit for the Tint World franchise? 
I would say that if you like cars, if you like automobiles, if you like working with customers, if, uh, that would definitely be a first step. I don't have any franchisees in our system that aren't an automotive enthusiast in some way. The majority of our franchisee, I'm sad to say, are men. Um, I have a few women that run it, and I have wives of men that purchased it and get to love it. But, you know, men are uh, car guys, and women, they like them, but they like them to drive them. Um, not so much maybe in, in, in the business aspect, but it is catching on. We have a few women franchise owners. Um, and again, I see whenever you get the women and the wives of the franchises that do come in, get involved, it goes that much better. Uh, women really... Uh, they really know how to put that little touch onto a business that improves things in a good way. And again, I always believe that uh, one of the reasons why I was so successful is because my wife of 30 plus years has worked with me side by side. And when we have a good relationship, all I'm focused about is building our, our lifestyle, building our business, building our family. And so when things are good, you have nothing else to worry about or be concerned about except improving your own family and your own growth. When you have to worry about, you know, things not being well at home or with friends or this is this conflict, it doesn't leave you a clear mind to focus on growing your business. And so I found that to be a, a really important thing to tell franchisees when they come in, make sure the people around you have good relationships with you. I think that's great advice. One final question before we end, and that is, you know, as you've built this business. I mean, you have a unique perspective because you you were a franchisee for a significant period of time. As you indicated, you you built this Tint World franchise with a franchisee's perspective. But I'm sure just like with every business, every franchisor I've ever known, you know, there's challenges along the way. It's always beneficial for my audience if you're if you're willing to talk about, you know, some of the challenges or some of the obstacles that maybe you've had to deal with over the years as you've grown and how you overcame that. There's always challenges, but being in business as long as I have, it's just an obstacle to me. It's just how do I get around it? Um, you know, what's what's the easiest way to get through it or around this obstacle? You know, I guess one of the bigger challenges is to make sure that I want every franchise to live to their maximum potential. Because when I was a franchisee, it was always my store's numbers that were at the top one, two, three, four of the chain. And so my measure of success was always having my store being number one, two, three, or however many I had in the top sector. Um, it was just a aggression. It wasn't about anything, but just a way of measuring how well I could be at the top. Um, with As a franchisor, it's really how well can my average store sales be at the top, um, which we're just approaching $700,000 average store sales. And we're really happy about that because it's beyond most, if not all, our people in the automotive space, including my former franchise. And that's a measurement of the gauge that I always want to outdo. I want to be able to really grow, uh, do a good job. So I would say, you know, making sure that franchisees are being able to have the desire and the wherewithal to be able to reach those levels of success because it's my my scorecard in the end. But collectively, um, we're getting there to where I want. And I actually empower our franchisees to cross-pollinate. But there isn't really a lot of problems, just a matter of how quick that I can you know, get through them or around them and grow it. Uh, there's nothing I haven't been through that scares me or is, is, is it something I have to be concerned with. I'm always innovating and trying to uh, make our business sustainable and grow in multiple ways. And with the eyes and the ears of the franchisee in mind first, 
And that's my guiding light to what's going to be that I'm going to put in place that's going to make us successful. Well, if you want to learn more about this opportunity, go to tintworld.com or you can check them out on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Thank you, Charles, so much for taking time. I think your story is a powerful one. It's impressive. You're certainly passionate about what you do. And so you, you bring all the key ingredients to the table. So I appreciate you taking a few moments out of your day to speak with me and my audience. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck in the future. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure sharing my story with you. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says ratings and reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.